0: The Hurling Pod on OTB Sports
1: I know you listen to James Cahill's podcast With William
0: Haller They asked James who was going to win he said Galway well, But why do you think Because I just really, really want him to win <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to the GA podcast feed On the OTB Sports app now OTB AM With Gillette Get
1: into your flow With the new Gillette Labs Razor With exfoliating bar Let's turn our attention back to uh, Hurling I'm delighted to say David Herity is with us David, good morning to you How are you getting on?
0: Great, and yourself, Ger? How are Yeah,
1: you? pretty good. The, um, the game at the weekend and the build-up, I hadn't a clue what was going to happen, and then 15 minutes in, you're like, whoa, we've seen this movie before. It turns out Kilkenny are right on it, Clare a little bit off it. What was your expectation heading into the game? Were you in any way surprised by how good Kilkenny were slash how poor Clare were?
0: I was surprised how poor Clare um, was on Saturday. If I think if Kilkenny had played the tactics that Clare played with that long ball, um, I think the pitchforks would have been out. Um, I was very surprised with just. I knew kind of the four weeks coming into to an Ireland semi final like that, that. Brian and and the management team, a lot of the players there, the older players that are still there, they'd be able to get that right. your your four weeks in, gives everyone a chance to get back into the team, into the 26, and there's a bit of a buzz if you're talking to any of the players. Everyone's excited about it because it's an Ireland semi final, but then everyone's excited because they think they have they feel they have a chance when you're in the round robin even kind of when we were back in 2013 and you're, you you go through the back door, it's week on, week off. You get maybe 20 minutes, you know, on a Tuesday night, but you know that's not really going to be the deciding factor whether you play or not. You know, Brian's made up his mind. Whereas all of a sudden now you have three weeks, you have consecutive training sessions together and you have a great chance. It gives it a great buzz. So the fact that... Um, I just was very impressed with just the way Kenny kinda of played. They, the even from puck outs there, the way that they worked the ball out, they weren't going the usual corner back straight down the line where you probably only win three out of ten. they, they were playing it back inside, you Lawler uh was was getting on the ball. Uh, Paddy Deegan, they just were spraying the ball around. They just they had they had Claire all over the place and, and Claire couldn't match them in in any capacity whatsoever. I Felt Kilkenny to win the game they had to get two goals. I thought Clare would probably run up about twenty-seven, but twenty-seven points myself. But in the end, they just—Jesus! Those wides, those twenty-four wides—just killed
1: them. Yeah, um, like maybe, maybe you have played on teams that have hit those wides, but the the deflation that happens when that occurs, particularly in a big match like that where the crowd are looking at it and you can hear the groans and half stadium, half full stadium like Croker, they kind of have a, a heightened impact as well. So once that starts to happen, it's very hard for a team to get back into it.
0: Yeah, I was going to look at the goalkeeper anyway, and just see kind of how his reaction is. And uh, I don't think I've ever seen Owen Murphy as as confident and as composed in the game. Even when the balls were going wide, he wasn't shouting at anyone to kind of give an out. And and you know, as sometimes the keepers do when so many shots are going off, he was he was just casually going over, getting the ball. He was taking about ten, maybe twelve seconds on each puck out and just relaxing with the whole thing. And it just kind of showed that they were under absolutely no pressure. He never felt under pressure at any stage in the game. Even the balls that were dropping in around the square, it never, he, he never felt like uh, you know he needed to do anything spectacular to try and get the ball back in play. I just thought he was, uh, he's always composed. But just in that game, it kind of, for me, I knew Claire weren't going to make any sort of a comeback. and I just saw how uh, how confident he was and and how the play was going on
1: what happens now in the build-up to the final like it's a, it's obviously a shortened build-up to the final uh, it's two weeks so whatever about the the four weeks being perfect is there still room for some people to force their way into the twenty-six? will training from a Kilkenny perspective still be as exciting as it was for the last three weeks four weeks
0: no I don't think it is because two weeks all of a sudden now in the back of your head you're kind of thinking if I get one little knock here the kind of fog he broke his thumb there a few weeks ago he'll he'd probably look to get back into that 26. But you're probably looking at, they might have had a training session on Monday, or a decent recovery session. The media night is Wednesday night. They get their suits Monday night as well, which is always a brilliant training session. Then you get the, they give an out to by Brian kind of, to get focused back in again, because there is that giddy mode. But they'll probably get some way of, a, probably 20 minutes on Thursday night, a decent training session on maybe Saturday or Sunday morning. And then that's it. But lads are nervous. You know, the, whoever didn't make the 15 is going head for letter. But whoever's on that 15 is probably 12 of those lads who are guaranteed a, a start in the final. They're nervous enough because they just don't want to lose out in the place at this stage. But that's it. You're probably looking at, you know, the one thing Brian is always very good at is if there's a 70-minute game, obviously, when you break it down and cut out the wides, the frees, when you cut, cut out all the stoppages uh, and intercom matches anything between 35 and 40 minutes. That's the max that it that it is. So you're only looking at 17, maybe, and a half minutes of of a match either side. He'll probably look to have one of those just so that he can actually say to the players, look, we gave you one last chance. But uh, I think he has his mind made up exactly who he wants. I thought it was fascinating who he brought on there the weekend as well. I thought I expected possibly to see Richie Hogan make uh, an entrance, but then I was thinking if Kenny were too far ahead, he was probably saving that. I don't know whether Richie will come on, but I think he might have. Uh, Killian Buckley didn't get any kind of a run there as well. I think it's there's still room for a few wild cards there from Brian in the final.
1: Does Brian Cody become a different person in the build up to an All Ireland
0: final? I think he's he's heightened. Yeah, he's the, the he's looking around. I would have always kind of. Compare them to the the tower in Lord of the Rings. Um, that eye that's just watching over everything. He's not saying a whole lot, but it's just constantly trying to see: is there any bit of complacency going in anywhere around the field? Um, yeah, he he go around to the different players that he wants, anyone that he needs to um give a slight bit of a kick to. I know, kind of in in uh, in 2014, I would have played the semi final against Limerick. Before that, he would have come up to me in Carton House and said, "You know, don't don't think for a second you're not going to be starting that semi-final." Um, and then the semi-final, I suppose there were a few hairy moments, and he came up to me the very next training session, and uh, you know we spoke about the few hairy moments, and then I, I kind of confidently said, uh, "Look, I'll get him right for the final." And he went, Oh no, all the way a second now? Now there's two lads going for this position here now, so don't don't be, don't don't think you have this jersey yet." So straight away, that bit of complacency, he knocked it on the head the very next training session that was this no, it's, it's all up for grabs I'm sure he gave that that spiel on Monday night that absolutely anyone could start on the 15 and anyone get into 26 and even the 5 that could come on on any given day or in the final now that's completely up for grabs
1: uh, Pardon my ignorance did you start the final?
0: I didn't start the final no, he knew in his head no, that was it
1: Jesus that's harsh
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. well like that, that's look that that is that's Brian for you. Um that's the way he is. Uh I know like in eleven and twelve I would have started both finals, we won both finals and the very uh first training session for t- the twenty thirteen season he brought me into the medical room and, and along with Martin Forty and just told me change happens. Uh he told me McGarry thought he'd longer and PJ Ryan got in and change happens and PJ thought he had more years and you came in and change happens. So that was the very first trainer session. So I actually didn't cop on what he meant, um, obviously after a few league matches. Involved, you, know.
1: <laughs> you were like, oh yeah, that's good. I'm looking forward to this change. What's my part in this?
0: Because <laughs> I remember going down and kind of, I was down in Langton's and I was mimicking him and exactly what he says. And uh, so a few of the lads, and they weren't laughing, but I was laughing. But uh, two months later, I suppose I wasn't. He knew himself. <laughs> he, he knows, he's like, uh, he knows that. I, look, he gave me he gave me a chance i uh, uh, it just so happened I got injured before the final anyway but I'm sure he is quite ruthless he knows I, I was interested in there the last few weeks in the run up to the the Clare game I asked him how the A versus B games are going on just a few of the lads you see around the place and they said that there's not too many A versus B games going on and, and you know when that's happening then well it's either two things are happening he's either trying to keep everyone on their toes or else he knows the team coming into this match and he doesn't want the B team beating the A team because then that throws everything up in the air. Um, that, that has happened a few times down through the years. Um, and then that kind of just, the confidence goes completely in the A team then if you have a B team beating you. So, um, yeah, I, I'd imagine he'll still keep it fairly uh, mixed for the week ahead and then try and just, uh, then he'll announce his team. But I'm pretty sure he has a team uh, picked in his head already.
1: So th- did that Kilkenny four in a row team actually lose to the B Kilkenny team?
0: In 2013 and 2014, in 2013 when we weren't going well, but in 2014 when there was massive change, I know there was a B team one uh, before we started that Leinster Championship. I was on it, Captain Lester Ryan was on it, Tommy Welch was on it, Taggy was on it, Henry was on it, Michael Rice was on it, Joey Holden would have been on it. Team. Um, that was, yeah, that was the B team and we bet them two seven to nine points. Um and we were absolutely buzzing after it. The B team were absolutely buzzing. They started texting each other. Then after the match, um, not that to be kind of you know, it was just kind of a real. Yeah, sometimes you know when you're not in, you're not in at all. But a, a victory like that in the in a B game like that, you're kind of going. When he, he sometimes when you are to the side and you see players put to the side, um, you know when they start coming out and they win a game like that, it, it just gives them fierce adrenaline to kind of go. Well, look at things aren't going wrong. It's as maybe it's not all me you know it's not in your head like so they're great opportunities but having said that it was a pretty impressive B team right?
1: and when that happens right is there is there a meeting afterwards does the A team have to come out and, and talk publicly or is it all quiet knuckle down and make sure that it doesn't no. happen again
0: no no one says anything like that because no one ever says it's an A versus B team but you everyone knows it's an A versus B team but he's not going to come out and go how do the Bs you know beat the A you just know that how you know it's the A versus B team is he'll go with the team that's the A team and then Martin Fogarty or whoever it is Derek <laughs> Ling might go with the B team and, and
1: that's a bit obvious isn't
0: it <laughs> <laughs> it is but I suppose he'll argue that look I have to go with one of the teams and that's this uh, yeah. but you know you know exactly who's played well who's probably played the league final that year who might have played the first round there might have been a bit of a gap there um, but again, again that, that that panel a bit like the panel there that's there with Kikini at the moment it's extremely competitive. If you look at the five lads that came on the last day, but then it said Killian Buckley didn't come on. I think Conor Forward to be back the next day. Um, Richie Hogan, I still think is, is is there. He's apparently he was flying it in training until uh, Mikey Butler was put on him one night, and then that kind of stopped. So uh, you kind of had a feeling then that that Mikey was going to be given that job for Tony Kelly there the weekend.
1: It'd be a hell of a, a story arc, wouldn't it, if if Richie Hogan was to play a part in an all Ireland final win for Kilkenny this year after what happened in nineteen.
0: It would, yeah. It, similar enough to to Brian's arc, I suppose, as well. That you kind of, uh, you know, the, I think there's a great quote there from Dark, the Dark Knight Rises uh, from Harvey Dent that you either die a hero or you stay around long enough to become the villain or else if you stay even longer again, you become the hero again. So you could argue that, which was, you know, in, in Brian's kind of, the way things have gone with Brian and, and the public and the Kenny public, also Richie Hogan, I suppose, he's he's been incredible. He was never a villain, but I suppose he fell out of sorts the last couple of years, but he seems to be buzzing. The injuries seem to be, you know, under control at the moment, and it would be incredible that if he did come on, because I know he was disappointed in 2019 when he got the red card, suppose that kept him on in 2020, then, and he had that wonder goal in the Leinster final. But he still feels himself; he has, uh, he has something else that he can offer this team, and it would be brilliant. I, I do think that if Kikenny are under pressure, that he'll come on, and I do think they will be under pressure into the last ten minutes.
1: Can I? I see a lot of people saying, "Oh, it was all nonsense about Cody." You know, all the people saying that his time was up, and all those comparisons—that was all. He's proved them wrong. I mean, maybe he has proven wrong, but actually what's happened is he has clearly listened to or watched what has gone on in the rest of the game and has completely changed. So this isn't the same Brian Cody as it always was, or certainly his team is not playing the same way. And even within this year, there's been periods where this wasn't working. The style of play and the and the evolution of the style of play wasn't working, but they've stuck with it as opposed to just raining balls in on TJ Reid, hoping that he's going to bail them out and so um, it's not the same Cody it's a slightly different Cody
0: that is you no know, it is the, the way that they're playing at the moment and again a huge credit goes down to Connor Feele as well who's the trainer But a, a huge, huge amount of credit even just the backroom team again I only found out there the last day they have really changed up everything in the backroom team as well between the opposition analysis as well nutritionist who I hear is outstanding you know Mickey Comfort there who's over there S&C as well yeah, a lot of things, I suppose Mikey Butler's after going from water bite to corner back, um, they've changed up a, a massive amount in the backroom team as well and and he has really embraced the whole science side of things, which I, I never thought he would. Like even back in, on performance analysis years ago he used to the twins we used to have, Louise and Emma Byrne were there and we come into a, a management meeting. And he'd click really quickly through all the presentation until he got onto host uh, uh, blocks and tackles. And that was it. So they'd have hours of work and data and reams of it. And then he'd just go straight to the tackles page and just keep hitting that mouse key. Um, so, you know, now all of a sudden you have your kind of GPS, you've you've everything. I suppose he had to go with the times, but I just never thought he would. Um, it's it's obviously been forced on him. But the way that they played there last Saturday, again, you know, starting off from the 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 puck is like I mentioned, it wasn't just a simple ball um, to you Lawler and then that's it, it's just driven left or right, it's it's given out to Tommy Welch, Tommy Welch is now cutting inside. He's not running down a dark alleyway down the line and then just driving straight down on Cody's throat. He's coming back in field there. We can give the ball to Richie Reed. Like if you look at the the possessions from the likes of even Mikey Butler, who was, was Mark and Tony Kelly and you Lawler, they had 26 between them and you're out to Richie Reed who are 24 possessions. These lads are, uh, you know they're playing the ball in to a level there to the to the clearance zone level there between the forty five and sixty five and then they're able to spray it across the field. They're obviously listening to to how the the game has to be played. The ball that has to go in that type of ball that has to go in. Um, you know, Adrian Mullen again out midfield. They're playing the ball through the lines and then they're giving that low ball inside and giving the the inside forwards is a brilliant opportunity. Having said that, again, they still have that. They have Wally Welch that's coming on there, catching the ball, T.J. Reid, who's still phenomenal in the air. They still have these lads if they want to go route one, so they they have a nice mix now at the moment.
1: Galway went route one several times, and obviously the goal comes off it at the start of the second half, but Notwithstanding the fact that the goal gives such a surge of adrenaline to, to Galway and it gets them back level for the first time in 35 minutes. Uh, they kept playing the long ball in and you'd say for the rest of the game, actually Limerick dealt with it relatively well. Um, there were still some opportunities and there were still some points come off it. So I would say Galway and Limerick broke even in the full back line with the with the long ball. And maybe the stats would, would prove that actually Limerick ended up winning that um yes, if 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 Kilkenny were to do that a couple of times and a couple of goals come off it, the importance, the electrifying aspect of that on the team and the crowd probably makes it worthwhile. So you think for the final, we should see a mix of the ball going through the lines, as you said, and let those players who are playing really well run the game, but also play the lottery, buy a few tickets.
0: Yeah, no, they have to and, and they need to hit root one ball. Like, obviously it is. It's all about trying to to, to mix and match. Like, if you think back in 2019, the Colin Friendly goal came off an own, uh, own Murphy long pocket. It was one of the longest pockets I've ever seen in Croker. Bounced inside the 20... Bounced just outside the 21. Colin went in and took on the full-back and, and buried it. Like, so it, they have to go rule one. Can Kenny need goals to win this. They're not going to uh, win a point shootout against Limerick. I, I don't think so. I think I think this is the one area where... Limerick fall down. They've only got six goals this year. Kilkenny are up. Uh, there, are well, sixteen goals so far this year in in between the Leinster and the All Ireland series. So they can score goals. They're hungry for. I I think that's what has defined Kilkenny teams down through the years is the fact that they're able to get goals. The other teams, opposition. I don't think. I don't think Galway teams are as ruthless. I don't think Limerick certainly weren't. They won an All Ireland a few years ago without scoring a goal. It doesn't seem to be the number one on their priority list. C C Hegarty it's created the only chance to last day in the corner. Jack Grealish saved it. So I think I think they'll still probably knock up about twenty seven points, but I think Kilkenny will will need those two goals and they'll need to go long at times inside to own Cody or Mossy Cone, it seems to I know he might be playing the best. We're still managing to, to bang in about five goals in this year's championship. Um I think they need to go route one at different points then as well and try and test out this uh, the full bat the, the
1: The concern, I guess, then, on that, David, is just that Limerick have shown last year that they have that ability to turn on the goals when it really matters. I don't think they'd scored three goals in any point during the Championship last season until that final against Cork. That when the occasion is at its biggest, they just have this ability to blow a team away.
0: Yeah, I, I'd, yeah I'd also just think that Murphy is is in the form of his life. That full-back life from Kenny is in the form of his life as well. And I just cannot, you know, again, if you look at last year, it was a complete malfunction from Cork in the final where they, you know, they just didn't know who was marking who and they were handing over players. Yeah, I, I just, I can't see that, that level of running straight through like what happened there last year. Kyle Hayes just running straight through uh, a Kilkenny defense. The brilliant thing about a Kilkenny defense is that if Kyle Hayes is running through the full back instantly goes, the cornerback covers in the half back, the left back covers back to the cornerback. Everyone covers back. Like for years, you know, you listen to the Sunday game and everyone's talking about, you know, they'd, they'd highlight maybe Owen Larkin. Or Michael Fenley, and they'd go look at Larks and Michael Fenley, They're dropping back, and they're trying to claim that this is our tactics. The simple thing was, if the ball goes into the full back line, the, the half back line straight away, you should know that your your heightened expectation there that the danger on, so you leave your man, which means the midfielder needs to now cover the the half back line or the half forward line, and the half forward they have to come out to midfield. So you're in, you're just straight away you're dropping back. That's just what happens. That's work rate for you. And again, if the if the goal doesn't come off. You can build it through the lines and you can the lads will get back up the field. But that that happens straight away. If you look at, and not to slag other counties, but I think there's a lot of Mayfane goes on in some of the counties when you're watching them, that if the corner forward is running in, he's after turning the corner back and he's running in, the full-back is staying as man and he'll just go straight in, the corner forward, will just go in and bury it. And it's kind of a case in the full-back going, well, my man didn't score. There's a bit of that going on. That's never the case in in Kilkenny at all. They'll make sure that if they see danger, some go back and they'll always trust that another back is is back covering their man. That's
1: really interesting, because you always hear, kept the man scoreless, kept the man scoreless, and that's the way that it's become kind of how uh, GA and analysis is spoken of, whereas actually... Uh, did the defence concede is a far more important and relevant question.
0: If, if you go straight after, geez, did your man score? Then, you know that's getting gets inside a fullback's head and going, well, no, he, you know, he, sorry, he, he did score or he didn't score. But then you're like, yeah, but that's because you headed off. And I've seen it, geez, uh, I just see it in a lot of counties. It's the one thing I'd look for in. There's two things actually I'd look at when a team is behind. Uh, first of all, do the forwards start popping balls over the bar? After are about eight points behind. There's a few minutes left. They obviously need goals. And you have some lad who starts thinking about their all-star then and starts popping over his point and another point. The free-taker comes up and he adds another one to the list there. So it's another one to his name. Or does he actually have a crack at it? Does he actually have a go at it and go right? You know, he, he, a bit like even the Tipperary minor there the weekend. The sub on, like, and he lofted a lovely ball in. You just expect on a different day, and you've seen counties that come in. Your man goes for the, you know, he pretends that he's going for his absolute top corner and hits it over the bar by about a foot. And you're kind of going, you're a bit of a fraud there. Now we all kind of know that you just want that point beside your name, but it's a bit then like the backs as well. If you get, if you get. If, if you have it in your head that I just don't want my man to score, well then you're kinda of, well then you're not a team player. If that's what's in your head every single day that my man doesn't score, well then you're not gonna do anything. If the, if if that's what you gauge your good performance of, you're not gonna help your corner back or a half back outside you. You're not gonna come in and cover. And and again you'll see it you, you see it in the Munster Championship, uh, a huge amount there. Just I have in, in the last few years there, where, you know, like, if you look back at any of those Kyle Hayes, how the hell can he come running in from about 60 yards out or coming in from the sideline and no one hits him at all? It's either two things it's either poor communication from the goalkeeper, where he's not telling the full back to go and then the corner back to cover, where he's not giving that double communication, or else you just have very selfish backs.
1: Right. That That is really interesting because like, um, we, we, we'll obviously see now this week, or in two weeks, exactly what the, the Kilkenny response is when Kyle Hayes does come galloping through because it, it's sure as night follows day after his performance in the semi-final, they're going to try that early enough and often. Um, look, we, we're nearly out of time, so we might get you on before the final to, to preview the final in a bit more detail about how the matchups work, but instinctively at the moment, are you seeing a Kilkenny win when you're visualising what happens?
0: I can't see a vid- I, uh- I think in every aspect Limerick are better, um, but I cannot see a Kilkenny loss. Right. I just think, like you spoke about that art that you're talking, I just think it's actually set up for a Kilkenny win. Right. Well, book it in. We're going to get you on
1: next week again when we have a bit more time to go through exactly how the matchups work because that was just really fascinating to hear exactly what the the aftermath is going to be like and and those training sessions as well. David, always great to have you on the show. Thanks a million for making the time for us this morning.
0: Thanks, you. All the best. OTB. M. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Lobs Razor with exfoliating
1: bar.